In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... The Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Betches Brides Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. And I'm Jordana. And we are back with another episode of this time we're doing listener emails. My fave. It's the new year. Yeah, We're excited. Nicole, how was your... I haven't spoken to you in a couple of weeks. We're just getting back after New Year's. How was your break? How was your first Christmas as a married couple? Just You know, know it was... That's I. There are a lot of firsts. I've realized that now that I'm officially a married couple, and so are you. Um, yes. I feel like everybody's always like, oh, how's your first Thanksgiving? How's your first Christmas? To be honest... Mike and I have had some not great firsts because, as you might know as well as everybody in the world knows, um, Omicron is just infecting everyone in our lives. So we yeah. like had to change some Christmas plans because there was a scare on my family's side. Anyways, long story short, it was still a great Christmas. We spent a lot of it with my sister and then with Mike's family. So it was a nice little thing that we got to see both sides. But um, it was funny because I feel like that I made a TikTok about it being like the movie The Four Christmases where we drive to like four different houses within one weekend. And I was like, that is such a problem over the holidays like having to go and see every single family member every person and mike and i have no backbone so we every year we just end up going to all of our family's houses but covid was a good excuse not to this year that is a good excuse and maybe you know one day what i'm looking forward to is like one day you'll have the house and you can like be the host i feel like you're gonna be the best host i want to go to like your christmas dinner girl i feel like it's gonna be you know you're invited Sick. anytime. <laughs> if you if you want to come into Hoboken, I will lure you with food. No, but I'm saying like, well, I could like I, like now you're obviously we're both in apartments. I feel like one day when you have a home like that to me, that's almost the most exciting part about being married is like you're now like this like family unit and you can host and you have all your registry shit and I'm like mm-hmm. oh I'm so excited to one day use that and like we don't have to go to all these people's houses like we can have people at our house and like. That's like mm-hmm. the exciting thing about the holidays. But I also think you're talking about like the new variant and all of that. It is nice to feel like I think it would be weird to get married and then have the world like fall apart. Like we've already been through all that COVID stuff. So like already. So I do feel like it's like, okay, like this isn't like a shocking new thing. Like we already know we can handle each other with like changes of plans and right. Like COVID setbacks and all that other stressful stuff so it's nice to be married when this is happening because you've already done it too like newly right married, you yeah. made it through the the wedding planning through the pandemic it's like this is this is nothing now 
but yeah exactly but yeah so i hear the rumor the word on the street is that you are getting a dog <laughs> i love the word on the street yes the hottest news after you get married it's like the little things you know you got to look forward to the little things it's a big thing that's a, it little, is a big, that's a big well, thing yeah. so we are like we're doing every cliche thing that you do after you get married right like we just moved into a new place i'm kind of refurnishing the whole place because we used to just take what we can get in terms of furniture. We would take like Mike's family's furniture for free off of like his uncle and all this stuff. So now I'm establishing like our interior decorating style together, which is really exciting, which is a whole new thing. Um, but yes, one of those cliche things is getting a dog. So we're in the market. We're looking. We're going to try to rescue because, you know, we're good, good people. For- Good for karma. I need the good karma. (laughs) But yeah, so looking for a dog. We haven't like settled on one. We did have to. This is a happily ever after teaser, which we'll be doing that segment later. But part of marriage is compromise. And we did have to settle and compromise on a dog. Basically, I wanted a very small dog because we live in an apartment. Mike would have a 300-pound beast in this apartment if he could. So we settled on looking for a mid-size puppy. Wow. Love that. Mike and I are the same way, only I'm... Mike is you in my situation. He likes oh, really? a little. He likes a little dog, and I want... I'm like, I'm, a, I'm like, if I'm going to get a dog, I want it to be like a real animal. <gasps> That's literally... You are my husband. I am that's your what he says we are married I am your podcast husband for the moment um but yeah I totally have had that debate and we've thought about getting a dog but I don't know I'm just like I don't want it badly enough to look for it and I guess he doesn't either because I said like if you I was like if you bring one here to this apartment like I will welcome it but yeah I do not care enough to take the initiative to like go find one I get that I do get that and it's like, do do are we all just like suddenly like thinking about dogs because we feel like it's the natural next step after the wedding, like you know? But I've we have been right. wanting one. It's just like there's never a convenient time. I hear it's a good test for kids. That's what they yes. say. Like you know, you get to see how you divide responsibility, taking care of something. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that'll be a great next step. And I also heard from people who have kids and a dog that you definitely want to get the dog first because. Mm. Like you want it to be all trained and everything's done while you so you can like focus on the kid, but I'm not doing that. So <laughs> best of luck. <laughs> I hear in many situations, people say that the kid is easier to take care of than the dog. Which really? I don't know. I've never heard that. <laughs> I feel like a kid is a lot. I don't know if we can actually believe that. That's what I'm saying. Where do you hear this? <laughs> Honestly, I think my sister and brother-in-law say it because their dog is little mini golden doodle, but she barks constantly and she like has this thing where when she sees strangers or like even people she knows like me, but ha- gets, she gets excited if she sees anybody right. and pees everywhere. So she is a lot. She's a high maintenance dog. The thing about a dog, and I feel like maybe at first a kid is harder than a dog, but I think eventually eventually, like a kid can tell you what's wrong and what it wants and like can speak to you. And a dog is never is always going to be sort of acting in its own erratic dog way. So I could sort of see that. I feel like if you had a really well behaved kid and a really poorly behaved dog, you might be able to say that. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a kid that like slept through the night and a dog that did that's, not could maybe. That's alter. exactly what my sister has. Her babies somehow <laughs> are so good. My little ring bearer, if you saw my photos, one of them is. And then the kid, the dog is not good. So that's, that's interesting. That rare. makes me hopeful for having a child because everyone says it's very hard. Right. Yes. In Ooh. the spirit don't even get me started on grilling you about your future. I'm like that annoying, like 50 year old mom who is like, "Ooh, when are you having kids? Like the thing that you don't ask people. I love asking. Right. Well, I'll tell you that I'm looking forward to my honeymoon in March. And yes. then I'm going to assess from there because I do would like to be <laughs> non-pregnant and drinking on that honeymoon. So um, <laughs> I'm going to take it one step at a time. And so. you don't have to rush. Don't let those annoying people like me. She's like, don't rush let you. me rush you. But in the spirit of new transitions and talking about new things going on, I wanted to announce that Nicole is has been gearing up for this for the past year. She's gotten so good at interviewing. She's gotten so good at hosting this podcast that she is going to be taking over solo as the, as the permanent solo host. But don't worry, guys. I will be back for episodes here and there to talk about as you I mean I don't know if the audience like has come to realize this we've never really said it explicitly but I really love talking about like interpersonal relationships and problems mm-hmm. with your mother-in-law and problems with your bridesmaids problems with your friends and all those kind of like things that come up with weddings and just interpersonal relationships in general but I have to be honest speaking to vendors or speaking to brides who are getting married has never <laughs> has never really been the most exciting thing for me. Um, and Nicole, I feel like you bring such a great energy to those interviews that it just makes so much Thank sense you. for you to be the solo host. And I'm really excited for you. And don't worry, I'll be back every now and then to talk about the stuff that I that you can feel me enthusiastically excited <laughs> to talk about. Um, but in the interim, between those episodes, Nicole will be interviewing some amazing guests. I'm so excited for 2022 and for you and the Betches Brides podcast. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, you're too kind. You guys, I always love your um, constructive criticism. And so seriously, I know Jordan is being so kind, but if you guys ever have constructive feedback, I listen to it. I want to do the best and make this show the best show it can be for all of us. All of you listeners, you know I I'm so freaking gratefully eternal. Ask Mike. He knows I'm obsessed with you guys. And I'm gratefully eternal for you guys even listening to the show. So seriously, let's make it the best it can be. But second of all, Jordana, don't don't you think that we're letting you scurry away <laughs> and live life and as normal? Because here's the thing. You've been our solid, level-headed relationship guru. Everybody knows you're the relationship pro. And so we're going to pull you in from time to time to give us advice still and to hear about your married life. Because, look, marriage is a real marriage can be a real bitch. It's its own beast and it needs its own TLC. And I'm excited to come back for those conversations because they're so important, especially like, you know, we've talked about this from the very beginning when we first started hosting this podcast, like weddings are not just an event, really. They're like a milestone. They're financial they're financially stressful. They're relation. They're stressful in a lot of relationships, both with your fiance and with your other family members and your friends. And there's a lot that goes into them. And it's such an important moment in your life that brings up so many emotions that 
I I love talking about that with you guys. And I think we've already really been doing this style. We're like Nicole, you know, you've heard Nicole we've slowly interviewing transitioned some, exactly some it. amazing guests. So not much is going to change, really. That's the thing. Not much. That's why I'm not because you know I don't do well with big changes. I really don't. I'm, <laughs> I like my routines. I like my people in my life. But that's why I'm not freaking out because not much is going to really change. So you guys. Buckle in because it's going to be a wild ride <laughs> um, But no But seriously you guys Love all the feedback Love the ideas We have a great show planned for you For the rest of the year Well not for every episode is planned for the rest of the year I wish wish we were that planned But no we're going to do The best topics with the best guests We have a really exciting guest coming up I don't want to give too much away yet But next week we're going to do an episode All about how to plan literally your dream dream wedding but on a very tight budget which we've sort of done episodes like that before but not in this way you guys love those episodes they're great oh they love they love and yeah you guys like seriously always let us know or let me know insta i'm always looking there follow us betches brides email with your ideas i'm always uh, keeping my eye open for new ideas new game segments we're gonna have so it's gonna be a great show yeah, it's going to be a great show. 2022 is going to be a great year for weddings and a great year for this show. And keep, you know, letting us let us know who do you want to who do you want Nicole to speak to on this podcast besides me? <laughs> and, you know, there's such amazing vendors out there. There's such amazing brides who have done like really interesting things. And there's an endless array of things to talk about. So I'm excited for the year ahead. I will be a listener, a, an avid listener, even when I am not hosting. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code brides20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code brides20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Let's get into our emails, which, Jordana, you're the unspoken. You're just so much better at reading out loud. Guys, I promise I'm getting better <laughs> at that. Uh, you are You are actually, I actually do think I've gotten better over the year. Um, really? Hosting. Yeah, I do. Think oh, so it was a thing. Like, it was it definitely a thing. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a thing. It was just, uh, I think you've gotten better. You started off good and you're now you're great. I've had okay. I th- I'm sure somebody out there can relate. If, since I was a little kid, I've been gr- I've always been great at like performing and stuff. But reading out loud is just a thing that I don't know gets me. But I'm it's, it's a tough thing to it. do. It's like anxiety ridden. <laughs> right? I totally get that. Um, but I will take the first email in <laughs> that you. in that vein. Nicole and Jordana, I recently discovered your podcast and I have been loving it. I also convinced my fiance say to listen to an episode and now he keeps reminding me to break up the slow dances. <laughs> we are getting married August 2022. Planning is a joy, but I got myself into a clusterfuck. Months ago, I had an artsy acquaintance from work hint at making my invites. I didn't want her help, but out of guilt, I said yes. We met, I signed a contract, paid her lots of money and waited patiently. Big mistake. Getting the invites took two months longer than she said, and she missed corrections I sent to her. So now I have a stack of meh, save the dates, and invitations with a slightly incorrect venue name and wrong wedding website. The whole thing feels like being at the airport and paying $7 for a tiny bottle of lukewarm Dasani. I'm ready to just forget about the whole situation, order some stationery for minted or basic invite, and use that instead, and not say a thing to her. Some friends think I should ask for my money back, but I don't. I just don't want to. Too shy. Don't want to start shit. And after all, she did hold up her end of the contract, albeit poorly. For context, she no longer works in my office and she is not invited to the wedding, but we do see each other at some group friends gatherings and we follow each other on social media. What would you do? If nothing else, please at least tell your audience to be a kajillion percent sure before hiring a friend or instead of vendor. <laughs> I don't even know if I said that right. You're the best. That's so clever. Friend or. I love this question because I think this is such an important topic to just acknowledge. Hiring wedding vendors, and oftentimes we all know a lot of people. I'm sure you have your aunt's second removed cousin's friend who is a wedding florist, and you might want to think about hiring that person. Hiring friends is, I think, just gets so tricky. Totally. Even like friends of a friend, I think. Right. Like, honestly, I mean, I'll give you an ex- Like, a lot of the times I will get like a resume or a request, even not even from a friend, mm. but a friend of a friend for batches, right? And they might be really great at whatever they do. I'm sure most of them are really great. It's never really about that. I always say no. Uh, politely obviously because it's just not worth the awkwardness of the the downside is so much worse than the potential upside Mm -hmm. of the relationship to make things potentially awkward between me and either the person even the even the the again even if it's like sort of an outer circle friend it's usually just not worth the awkwardness because you can't be completely objective like you would to a, a a vendor who's a stranger or a vendor who is right you know you don't know at all. Same with someone who's applying for a job. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's actually a really good. I forgot you'd be the perfect person to talk about this because you also work with your two best friends as the other co-founders. So <laughs> I'm sure that's like hiring vendors, but on a much, much larger scale because you founded a company together. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's been ups and downs with that, too. But I think in, in the 10 years we've been doing it, we've learned how to uh, how to navigate yeah, that mastered. pretty well. Right, exactly. But <laughs> I, but I think, I mean, and correct me if wrong, I think you could agree, like, when it comes to business, like for you and Aileen and Sammy, I'm sure when you're in a meeting and being serious about the Betches business, whatever meeting that may be, you're probably like, okay, we are here for work now. Like this is, we have to put our hats on. Like you almost have to compartmentalize and be like, okay, this is us at work together. And this is, so I feel like this could be a similar situation. Like if you are going to hire friends or or friends of friends that are also wedding vendors, I'm not saying don't ever hire a friender, but I think if you are, you do need to treat it very much like business-like. You can still be that person's friend, but like I would require them still to have a contract. Like, Like I wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, you're hired for, you know, to be my videographer, like right. see you on X date, I would still kind of ask, like, treat me like a normal client and I'll treat you like a normal vendor. Yeah. I think if you really want to work with them, if you're like, I, I would avoid, like in this case, in the case of this person where she just kind of felt weird, so she did it, I would obviously avoid doing that. If you really want, if you really love the person's work and you really want to work with them, then yeah, you should be very explicit about like the way that you're going to work together. And also just like, getting ahead of any issues just be like just want you to know like i would love to try this but like if it's i'd love to do like take like a baby step into working together before being like i completely hire you to do all of my invitations and stationery because you're sort of like committing to you don't really know what that person's like to work with in that capacity you only know them from either your friendship or from working with them but that being said i guess to help this person out because she's already she's already done the thing that we've that she and we have now advised against. Yeah. What should she do? What do you think? I mean, here's the thing when it comes down to this, part of me wants to say go back to her and yes, like I agree with your friends, like you do have a right to ask for your money back if you're truly not happy with the work that she did. However, she says after all, she did hold up her end of the contract, albeit poorly. So here's the thing. I don't, that, I think when it comes to working with a wedding vendor, your contract and like whatever's in writing kind of like trumps all. You have to go to that and refer to that. Whether I think this designer, like the person who did my invitations, came back to me after she changed every little thing to get it approved quickly by me and would make me physically sign a document that said I had read through, I had approved, I had to go through the names on the save the dates and make sure they were spelled the way I wanted. That way it was more like on me if they were printed incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this person should have done that. Yeah, it sounds like this person doesn't, it's not necessarily like, fully the business like it seems because she says she worked with her so it seems like this is almost like her side thing so yeah I mean I'm not gonna I think we've already addressed like that she probably shouldn't have worked with her in the first place but I don't think she should go back to her though well here's what I think I think you can I can understand if you're because it 
clearly it's, it's bothering you that this happened right right i think it's totally okay i don't think like you said she did technically fulfill the contract i don't think you should ask for your money back but i think it's also at the same time i think you can say to her like hey i just want to say i was a little disappointed in like in working together i did kind of feel like there were a lot of errors and i appreciate you you know i I know you probably did the best you could but to be totally honest i was kind of disappointed in this whole experience and i'm like a little disappointed that the names are written wrong and all those other things but like that being said i know you technically did everything so like that is i just wanted to let you know how i how that i that i really didn't love like the service and then if she I, wants to offer something because she like agrees with you then like great and if she doesn't then that's fine she doesn't but at least she knows like where you're at and she had an opportunity to rectify and she didn't and that'll also just kind of tell you something but i think she might be like i feel really bad like can i do something else or i would be i would maybe she'll even offer to give you something back yeah my thing with going with that, I would almost say exactly what you said, but then end it with like, is there anything we can do to make this? That's a great statement. Better. I love that. Yes. Because I, we sound like, I sound like I'm like going full on Karen on this one, <laughs> but like, I would almost like not to go, not to get totally psycho, but I would almost calculate like how many were wrong or how many she wasn't happy with and go back and be like okay 50 percent of these were incorrect maybe you can refund 50 well it sounds like she got like the venue name wrong so that sounds like it's kind of on every invitation because she wrote she technically got like a technical part of the venue name wrong maybe she'll just give you like a discount on what you already paid because of that and maybe she'll be like listen like i that's how i work and like i haven't gotten any other complaints and there's nothing I can really do. And like, at least you've said it in that case, which I think is like important. Like you've said your piece and now you don't have to like, I think saying something just kind of frees up your mental energy of being like, should I, shouldn't I? And I think if you say it in a respectful way, that's not like you were, you're terrible at your job and you totally fucked everything up. Instead, if you just say like, I was disappointed because you can't really argue with that and then give her the, like the reasons behind that and still pay i do think again if she fulfilled the contract you should still pay her and honestly like every situation like this is a learning experience mm-hmm. so i wouldn't think of it as a total loss because now you have this memory of kind of like potentially making this mistake of working with someone that you know and now in the future you can be like okay like i know that the possible negative things that can come out of that and that'll that'll empower you in your next conversation let's say you did want to work with a friend again to say just so you know, like, I'd like to try something out before fully committing, or I don't want to work together because I've just had experiences in the past where I felt uncomfortable giving feedback because you're like a friend or a coworker or something like that. So nothing is like a total loss. Like even if you don't get your money back and you overpaid for this thing, every lesson is a life lesson. You won't make that mistake again. And maybe your next mistake would have been bigger. So. Right. I think this is just such a, like, I think it's a good reminder just to think twice before hiring a friend, unless they're like a very good friend that you can be straight up so honest with and be like, no, I hate the photos you took, like edit them differently or something. I don't know if they're like your photographer. But other than that, I think it does get very tricky just hiring acquaintances. Yeah. That's why like you're not supposed to treat if you're a doctor, you're not supposed to treat like your own kid or your own family member like it just becomes even if you're the best like 
even if they're really good at their job, you could be the one time that they mess up and like it's just an uncomfortable thing. Totally. Should we do another one? Let's do it. This is kind of a three-parter, so we're going to tackle it in three parts. Okay, so she said, do it. Hello, Jordana and Nicole. Totally obsessed with the Betches Brides podcast. I went from knowing nothing about weddings to listening every single episode, even the pre-COVID ones, and have learned so much from you two. Thank you so much for that. Please leave a good review on Apple. Thank you. Yes, five stars. Five stars would be beautiful. I have a few questions for discussion, so please feel free to break up and break these up into separate episodes if necessary. Number one, what is the role for sending save the dates? Do you send them to everyone on the guest list? For example, if there are some people I have to invite that probably won't even attend, can I skip the save the date and just send them the invitation? Okay. Good question. My rule for the save the dates personally, and I don't know if there's a universal rule, was that I sent them to everyone that I 100% wanted to. Like we had an A-list and a B-list. And the A-list was like every single person that we 100% knew we wanted to invite. And then we didn't send them to the people we were on the fence with. And then we wound up sending some invitations to people we didn't send, save the dates to. But I would say if she has to invite people... The, the one caveat with that is like she let's say she's like they're probably not going to come but i have to invite them and they'll find out if save the dates were sent out and they didn't get one then i would send them a save the date anyway mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yes yeah i think the the thing with a save the date we forget the point of a save the date is so that people actually save the date which is coming so, in so important this year in 2022 brides because wedding guests are going to have competing dates left and right because everybody in our lives are getting married this year. So yeah, I mean, if I were her, I would just plan on sending a save the date to all the people, like you said, you 100% want at your wedding. But then at the same time, if she doesn't want these have to invite people there, I was going to say almost you don't need to send a save the date because they, like you can think of them like you said as they're as the b-list and right. well i think if she my only thing is like she has to invite them anyway and let's say it's like her great uncle right right and they her great uncle out. like might talk to her grandma and the grandma might mention the save the date and then the great uncle doesn't get one and then like she has to deal with that even though she was going to invite him anyway so like my i think if it's kind of like someone who's has no affiliation to other people in your wedding like let's say it's like a friend from somewhere where they don't know the other people in your life and you're not sure if you want to invite them don't send a save the date but i think Mm -hmm. if it's like someone who's friends with someone else who might discuss it with them i think it could get awkward if you might want to if you like kind of wanted to invite them potentially anyway right I think it's like just send it to them because you'll save the awkwardness or the potential drama. You definitely have to invite them anyway. Right. And like, hopefully they don't want to go because she even said who probably won't attend. So if you don't want them there because there have two invites, then maybe they won't. But you do. Do you think that a save the date, you can't not invite somebody after sending a save the date unless you're like me and uninvite? them i think if covid's a different beast but in a regular world i would feel bad sending i would feel worse sending a save the date to someone i didn't send an invitation to than like the other way around 
I think I would feel because then they're kind of like then it's it's almost like a very obvious you just you you very much decided not to invite me <laughs> right right and then another- I got cut yeah I wouldn't but I can see why again with co- I think a co- COVID sort of has allowed that mm-hmm. because people have smaller weddings and you can blame it on that and you can still blame it on that good or bad right which is kind of a nice thing that's what I blamed it on back in my uninviting days yeah and also like for you like you wound up getting married what like two years to over two years after your after after. so it's kind of like your relationships in two years can really change oh yeah Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you sent out the save the date probably like over a year before you actually sent out your invitations to your real full 2021 wedding the people that we cut were the ones that like we were like, OK, we don't talk to them anymore at all. We don't FaceTime ever. We used the FaceTime test. If you're an OG listener, you know what that is. But yeah, I mean, we just were like, the, yeah, we don't need to have them there because our relationships changed. Yeah. And I think that is fine, especially like COVID wedding totally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two of this question is. What do you do with your wedding dress after the big day? Can you resell it? Do you preserve it for your future daughters and hope it's still in style by then? I want to look and feel my best, but I cannot believe how expensive a dress I'll wear for one day is. What did you do with your wedding dress? I literally love this because it was a good reminder that I still need to preserve mine. It's hanging up in the coat closet stuffed in the back. It's so expensive, too, at my sal- bridal salon. I didn't to realize it. it. Yeah, I reached out to them. And they were like, it's yeah, like $800 it's, or something. Yeah, right? what? I thought it was going to be like 100 or free. No, I mean, I have a friend who did it and she said they put it in like some coffin. It's like oh, some God. airtight sealed coffin. That's like some absurd like it's like it's like they mummify it. Oh, um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to say. I'm not preserving my wedding dress. I would love to sell it. If anyone wants it, by the way, DM me at Jordana Abraham. I'm down to sell it. Honestly, I I want your wedding dress. (laughs) You want my wedding dress for your second wedding? Like, honestly. I I love the wedding dress. I love it. It's beautiful. It's like my favorite thing that I've ever worn. But what am I going to do with it? It's going to sit in my closet for like 20, 30 years. And then my daughter probably, who knows what size she'll be, if I'll even have a daughter. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I think like there's be- like there's better things to like let your like I don't know have you met anyone who's worn their mother's wedding dress in your entire life? No, nobody wears. I've never but met here's anyone. The thing I've been hearing all these people lately. Kristen, who we had on for a bonus episode that should be out by now, I think she had her mom's like dress made into a little bag, which was so cute. Like, do I need to save s- fabric? I think here's what I think you could do, and here's what I, I've heard people do too. You could save your veil. And they can use the veil. They can either use the veil themselves or turn the veil into something. But also, like, who knows if you'll have a daughter? Who knows? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I would save maybe like the shoes, but the dress is just going to be like, I don't. This is New York City. Like, space (laughs) is money. I do not have space for this. Especially a coffin. I what that's overwhelming. I mean, so my plan is to like sort of passively sell it. Like if anyone wants to buy it, they, I'm not like out there like hustling to make it sold. Like I love it, but I'm never going to wear it again. So if anyone is out there, wants to check it out, Adjordan Abraham wants to buy my dress, I'll give you the measurements and I'd love, you know, take it. Yes. 
take it. What? I would it love only for a different once. bride to feel the, you know, to enjoy it. It should be worn. It's beautiful. You're about to get blown up. Like, if you guys are listening to this, seriously, go DM her right now because I know this audience and I know they're going to come at you for that because your dress is gorgeous. And as we all do, especially this audience, we all love a little secondhand moment. So, yeah, I mean, guys, buy Jordana's dress. Go for it. or And don't buy Nicole's dress because she's getting it coffined up. <laughs> well, I don't know. Honestly, maybe buy mine too. I need to like think about it and I'll probably copy you per usual. I'm but... not like sentimental, but like I might. Oh, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking of dyeing my rehearsal dinner dress. Yes. Like a different that, color. That you should do. Right. I feel like that would be fun. Okay. Let's do the next. Let's go on to the next question. Okay. Last part of this three parter. She says, I really want my dad to walk me down the aisle. It just feels traditional to me. But my mom is making it a big deal and taking it personally that I don't want both of them to walk me down the aisle. I love my mom so much and want her to feel special. I promise it's nothing personal. It's honestly more for aesthetic reasons. I picture me holding my bouquet in one hand and linked with my dad with the other arm. My parents aren't even married. How can I make my mom feel just as special? Or do I give in and let both of them walk me down the aisle? Thank you so much. So I feel like this is a case of like, who feels most strongly about this? Like, yeah. does your mom feel really, really strongly to where like, it really, really matters to her? And like, how much does it matter to you to not walk down with them? Mm-hmm. And I would just do who I would ask. I would like literally sit her down and, and talk to her and like see who it means more to. And I would give it to the person who cares more because I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's not, you're not going to enjoy walking down the aisle with your dad. If you feel really bad that your mom truly, right. really wanted this. And sometimes I think it is your day and you should do generally what you want. But if there's something small that's going to really matter to someone really important to you in your life, then I think it's okay to give it to them. I'll give an example. Mike's mom really liked uh, a certain song that she like used to sing to him when he was like little. And she really, we did our mother, daughter, father, daughter, mother, son, father, daughter dance together. And she really, really wanted to like have us dance to the song. I don't really like the song. It definitely wasn't my first choice, but it re- it was it made her so incredibly happy that like that one two minute song was like not a big deal. Like it was like her happiness was like so much more than like my right. feeling meh about it. That okay. at the end of the day, I'm like so happy we did it because it just doesn't matter that much to me, and it mattered a lot to her. Mm-hmm. I think too. I think that's great advice. Like truly, if it doesn't matter that much to you and it like give her this one thing, she is the mother of the bride. I think too, walking down the aisle is so quick. Like if you have to compromise on whatever it is you do or don't want to do with that moment. Yes, it's a big moment. Like it is your one and only walk down the aisle. But at the same time, it's literally 10 seconds. I don't know. So it's not like it's going to compromise the whole ceremony or the whole wedding. Um, that said, she also mentioned something that she thinks just the dad will look aesthetically better. I like the look of both parents. I think it looks fun. Yeah. So I don't know if the aesthetic should be an issue. 
I agree. I mean, if she, that's what I'm saying. If, if the aesthetic is so important to her and she's been thinking about this aesthetic moment for like the entire planning process and she can't imagine it any other way, then like, yeah, tell your mom it means a lot to you. But like, I have this weird feeling like it's just one of like 10,000 other details that would not right. be that big of a deal to tweak. And I think, too, like, if you're going to make that decision to tell her no, if it really is that important to you, then ask her, like, but I want to make sure you feel special in other ways. Is there something, maybe there's a reading during the ceremony she can do. Maybe there's a, maybe she can walk down first in the aisle order. There's other ways to make people feel special. Great call. Episode on. That's a great idea. Love that. And now it's time for this week's Unpopular Opinions, brought to you by Bride Bright. As you know, in this segment, we share your unpopular wedding opinions, and then Nicole and I get to vote on them. The founders of Bride Bright, Erica and Ryan, have a not-so-unpopular wedding opinion of their own, that having the whitest, brightest smile gives you and your groom the wedding day confidence you deserve. And in 2022, they want to give you something to smile about. If you want to put an extra sparkle in your smile, be sure to check out Bride Bright for their easy and effective teeth whitening kits that will keep you smiling through it all. Here is our first unpopular opinion. Okay. Every female invited to the wedding should get an invite to the shower. What do you think? I don't agree with this. That would be way too many people being invited to the shower, which I know you didn't, you didn't do a shower, did you? No, I didn't. No regrets, really. I had a, I had, I went out one night though with some friends, so that was like nice, showery. I don't know, but yeah, I didn't do a shower, and I think if I did, I definitely wouldn't invite every single person who and woman who was invited to the shower. Well, yeah, I think the bridal shower is reserved for bridal parties, so your bridesmaids. And immediate family and maybe some good friends who like almost made the cut as bridesmaids. But I don't think it's for every single woman that's invited to the wedding because that would mean like parents, friends, coworkers, it's everybody. Like I just yeah. think I do. Th- I do. We do get a lot of questions from brides, though, because there is like that tricky line. Like, do I invite them or do they not? Do I not to the shower? Yeah, I think it's for like close inner circle friends of both you and like your mom or like your aunt or something like that, whoever's throwing it. Yeah, I mean, also, here's the other thing. I don't think most women like I wouldn't want to be invited to a shower of someone that I didn't really like wasn't close with, like because I would feel one like obligated to go or give a gift and we're not that cl- I would be like almost annoyed if someone invited me to their shower and it was like obvious I shouldn't have been invited to the shower. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because then the etiquette is like you get them a little bit, a little something if you can't make it. So, yeah, that is I would feel like that's kind of like a, a ploy for gifts. Totally agree. So 90 percent of our audience disagreed as well. They think that every female does not have to be invited to the shower. Should we do another one? Yes. Okay. The next unpopular opinion is you don't have to serve liquor. What do you think? I disagree with this because wine makes me tired. Beer, I can only have so much. And 
you know, Mike has celiac, so we like to stay away from most of your wheat-based beers. Um, I love a tequila soda. Is is lick is wine not considered liquor as well? I think the liquor is considered like spirits, and then wine is like beer and wine. Oh, interesting. no! Well, actually, thought- just kidding. Beer and wine are spirits too. I wouldn't consider wine as liquor. Interesting. Well, I googled definition of liquor, and apparently, it's alcoholic drink, especially distilled sp- spirits. So I feel like it's like most. I mean. <laughs> Oh, well, if you want to get technical, I think that we can assume that's what they meant. They meant just beer and wine because there are like, I'm pretty sure my rehearsal dinner just had beer and wine. And I remember being like, no, but we need liquor, too. And then I beer and wine was fine for the dinner. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously preferable to have liquor. I think a lot of people prefer that. And it gets, especially for a wedding, I feel like you want people to be like a little loose. It's like mm-hmm. fun. But that being said, obviously, if you can't afford it, um, beer and wine is a nice alternative. Or, you know, nothing. If you really want to have a dry wedding, it's that's your that's your thing. That's your thing. I cannot stress this enough, though. If you do want to save money on your open bar for your wedding, beg your venue slash caterer slash bartender whoever you're bringing in to do the alcohol beg them if you can do price per consumption not per head because you'll have sweet little cousin jake that doesn't drink a lot and you're still paying x amount for jake to be there so i think play pay per consumption if you can honestly i we did buy consumption for our rehearsal dinner instead of an open bar and it was a mistake because people drank a lot and they were like ordering shots and they were like, well, like it would have been cheaper to just do open bar. But also I had a destination wedding. I think people are on vacation. And do you know what I mean? They're thinking you got to know the night. crowd. Yeah, and you're, so. you had a lot of friends there, not a ton of like elderly, I feel like. So your friends That's were true. ready to rage. Yeah. Everyone who was there was like a besides the pregnant people were like of drinking mentality. And again, I think we have, yeah, you have to know the crowd. Like I think in a normal wedding, when you're just going to the rehearsal dinner the night before, then you're going home, you might not be drinking as much, but here I think you're like on vacay with your friends. So bad idea on our part, but it wasn't that much more, but it definitely would have been cheaper to do open bar. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, 66% of our audience disagreed that you don't have to serve liquor. Oh, they so they're saying you do have to serve liquor. Yes. Okay, just So they're yeah. agreeing with us. Yes. Or sort of with us since we're saying you sort of do. I don't know. Well, the third and final opinion submitted by our audience, boutonnieres are overrated and not cute. What do you think? I'm a traditional gal. I love a boutonniere. I had, I think they also make the guy feel special, whether it's like one for the grandparents, which I forgot to do. It would have been really nice to give my grandfather a boutonniere at the wedding, but you know, we can't remember it all. You know, whether it's the dad, the father of the bride or groom, I think it makes them feel special. I'm going to have to disagree with you there, (laughs) but that's okay. That's what this podcast is all about. I, we did a boutonniere for Mike and I don't think he cared. And we didn't do any boutonnieres for the groomsmen because obviously if we weren't doing bridesmaids bouquets, we weren't going to do groomsmen's boutonnieres. And like, to me, if you're looking to save a little money, 
seems like an easy place to do it. I don't know how much how expensive they are. I like don't remember, but I just felt like no one was going to notice and I still don't really and I don't think Mike particularly cared even about his, but if you are a bit more traditional, I would never have noticed if you like and I care about little details. I would never have been like Jordana doesn't have boutonnieres in her photos. Same with bridesmaids bouquets though. Yeah, but I get, I think also it's like if you're traditional and you like the idea of them and you want to like give your grandpa or your uncle or people important to you like boutonnieres or groomsmen, I think they're a nice thing. I just think um I don't even I wouldn't even say overrated like are are they rated? Are they overrated? I don't know. I feel like they're I feel like they're appropriately rated the right amount. And I think that I don't think they're not cute. I think they are cute. I just don't. I think people might not notice if they weren't. Boutonnieres are very promy. So I do see why people are like, ooh. But then again, so are vests. And Mike insisted on wearing a vest on our wedding day. So you know what? Whether it was, we might look back at the photos and say, was that prom or was that our wedding? And so be it. Well, 65% of our audience disagreed and they don't think boutonnieres are overrated and not cute. Well, that was it for this week's Unpopular Opinions brought to you by Bride Bright. Bride Bright gave us confident wedding day smiles for both Jordana and I and our grooms with the groom glow. I mean, literally our teeth, they continue to glow to this day because I always use Bride Bright as my go-to teeth whitening. Same. And right, yeah, I mean, I know you guys, you guys love it. Well... Right now, we're bringing the discounts back because after all, new year, new you. It's time to get rid of those red wine, coffee, and tea stains if you're doing dry January. 10 minutes a day, 10 days, no sensitivity for wedding white teeth. The Bride Bright and Groom Glow Wedding White Teeth Kits include everything you need to get a smile with whiter and brighter teeth. Again, you guys know, huge fans of the Bride Bright Teeth Kit and Groom Glow it's t- only 10 minutes a day. It's so easy and it's fun. It's part of my nighttime routine now. Totally. And it has like a fun glow, like light up thing. So you can have it like even in the dark. It's just like a fun thing to do that also helps improve the whiteness of your teeth, which everyone on their wedding day obviously wants wedding white teeth. And I think Bride Bright's just a perfect way to get there. It really is. So check Bride Bright out on Instagram at Bride Bright for teeth tips and more. And you can try Bride Bright for yourself by visiting bridebright.co using code BETCHES for 40% off at checkout. That's B-R-I-D-E-B-R-I-T-E dot C-O using code BETCHES for 40% off. Now it's time for this week's Happily Ever After email. Here's our email for the week. Hi, girls. My boyfriend and I have been together coming up six years and have discussed marriage several times over the course of our relationship. We both want to get married. We both want children and we want children sooner rather than later as I can feel my biological clock ticking and I'd prefer to be married first to keep our very Catholic families happy. I am 29 and he is 27. Last month, his younger brother, who is 25, got engaged to a girl he's been dating for three years. My question for you all is, how do I stop myself from being so jealous of them? 
Well, I do think an engagement for me is coming soon, hopefully in the next three to six months. I can't help but feel instant jealousy every time I see them or hear them plan their wedding, etc. because we've been together twice as long as they have, which is so unfair of me to think that way. And I know that and I know that I am very happy for them. and I love them both and I consider them family, but she is going to be family before I will. And it's taking away from my excitement for them and only starting to cause resentment towards my boyfriend, which is not fair to him or myself help Ooh, all right i think the biological clock we all feel our clocks ticking and i think that will always add pressure on any relationship when you feel that clock ticking but i will say the number one thing that comes to mind with this email is that comparison is the thief of joy i love that saying i like to live by it because her comparing herself isn't even, you need to enjoy this part, this pre, this exciting pre-engagement time where you know that's probably coming soon. You're not engaged yet. And I think truly if she can find a way just to be excited for her brother and his fiance, even though they are younger, how much more fun would that be to be a guest at that wedding when you're excited for her? And then when your wedding does eventually happen, your future sister-in-law is going to be thus excited for you because she remembers how great and supportive and happy you were to her. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely good advice. If she, I think it, I do, to empathize with the reader a little bit, I definitely felt the same way when I... Um, did? Before I got engaged. And I was 30, so... <laughs> older than older than the, the the listener writing in so i definitely felt the same way everyone else who got engaged before me who was dating less time definitely felt like kind of like a personal attack and i it was totally irrational you know looking back right. you're kind of like it doesn't matter especially now like no one cares and it's like you all eventually get married and no one even remembers who got married first or like no one cares about any of that stuff but in the right. moment it can feel really personal and it can feel really annoying and I do think it's really hard to be happy for someone when you want the same thing that they want and you don't have it I think that's just like a very difficult thing like you have to be like kind of a saint to be like oh this thing that I really want and I've been I've been like with you for six years and I've been like so into getting for so long you got that and I don't have it and like I'm just blindly happy for you like I think it's really really difficult to do I remember talking to my th own therapist about this at the time and like the, you know, it's a lot of it is like societal. It's like a, there's a lot of pressure on women to be married. There's a lot of pressure on, especially if you're dating for a particular amount of time, like there's this feeling of everyone around me is getting engaged and why aren't I engaged? And it's very much like a comparison thing. And like you said, comparison is definitely a thief of joy. But that, that being said, we're human, right? So like, right. We can't help but feel comparing. Jealous. Comparing is like yeah. as a nat right is a natural, totally natural thing to feel, and I think it's okay to tell your partner that. I think you could say like, "Listen, I get that it's irrational, and I get that, um, like." I'm comparing myself to others and every relationship is different. We don't even know what their relationship is like behind closed doors just because they're engaged. I understand that doesn't make them a better couple than us or that doesn't mean that they're like further along in life or that they have their shit together any more than we do. I get that it's irrational, like fully, but I can't help but feel kind of bad about it. And I right. wish I didn't, but I do. And I think, I think if you just, if you come to it with that, like, if you come to it 
with that explanation and with that background and fully understanding that like you're feeling it's okay to feel your feelings even if they're not like the right feelings like even if you should be happy for someone you can't help how you feel but I think if you explain yourself in that way you'll get them to understand like where you're coming from oh yeah I think that your partner the listener will actually really respect you if you just be honest and come to them and say like look whatever their names are got engaged um, they're younger. I don't know what it, no, it doesn't say their names. If you say like, look, it does feel a little weird. I can't help but be a little jealous that they got engaged and they're younger and they've been dating for less time because that is understandable. And I don't think he'll react or he or she, whatever her partner. Um, I don't think oh, her boyfriend. I don't think he'll really react like, um, you know, I don't think he'll react irrationally if she's just honest and is like, I think he'll actually respect her for being like, I I can't help but feel a little jealous. And then ideally, I think personally with talking about like, okay, when are we getting engaged? That whole conversation. I think that I don't know if other couples feel like this or if other people feel like this, but I think that you have every right to know like the time frame of when it's going to happen. Like, I don't want to be like, okay, tell me the exact day and month and time you are proposing to me. But like, it is a big step. I think like you should know, okay, I might be getting, I think I am getting engaged spring 2022. You know what I mean? Totally. I think that like that's a completely normal yeah desire to have and it doesn't take anything away from your engagement to have an idea that it's I think it's I think a complete surprise is like very bad I think it it indicates a total lack of communication if you had no idea that you were that you were getting engaged to me that represents like you guys not talking about anything can you imagine making a decision as serious as getting married on like a like yes or no on a whim basis like that's something that should have a lot of discussions yeah beforehand like that's not it in the movie it's not how it looks in the movies you should have a lot of talks about like and it sounds like she and her partner have had those discussions where she's saying she expects it in this few months so i think what she's and think like if she's thinking about like why is this so upsetting to me that's the first question to ask yourself like is it a fear that like he's not going to do it like, what is your fear that's that's making you so upset about this thing? Is it your fear that you look like that you're being left behind um, or that like the family is going to like like her more than you? I would like sort of think about it in your own head. Like what is actually why is it so important that you're first? Right. Because he might she might go to him and be like, look, I feel a little upset, jealous, whatever. And he might be like, but babe, you know, we've talked about this like you know, I'm going to this year before January, you know, like he, right. he might, uh, he might just be like, we, we've already talked about this, but. And I, I agree, which I, I agree with what you're saying though, like about like Cher saying, like, if you say like, I feel jealous, that's you being vulnerable. That's you like showing that you're like, you're not perfect and you acknowledge that. And I think that makes someone like, it makes them the conversation like, it opens the door to let them like sort of help make you feel better. Right. Instead of what I've done in the past too, which is like, this is bullshit. Like, why, <laughs> you know, why is this person engaged, but I'm not engaged. Like they've been dating, whatever. Like if you make it like that, you sound like a crazy person. I've done it. So I know personally, Yeah, but 
at this point, like this far along, you should be able to sound like a crazy person and they should just like know who you are. Yeah, Yeah. I think there's an element of that in it um, as well. But I would say just this is a great think of this as an opportunity to become closer with your partner by telling them about your biggest fears surrounding not being engaged and why you're so excited to to get engaged which sounds like part of it is really nice part of it seems like it's like you know wanting to be a member of their family officially when you're already kind of feel like a member of their family which is something really nice that i'm sure that person will want to hear and like i think you can also share the irrational things that aren't like that nice that also affect you because you're a woman living in the world and you can say yeah i feel pressure to you know, move up to be on the same stage of life as my friends. I feel pressure to, uh, I, I feel a little embarrassed that I'm not engaged yet. Like, yeah, I think it's okay to say that. That's a good way to do, get them to do what you want. Like with the life plan, as much as we want to pretend we sound crazy for like trying to plan ahead, you kind of do like, I even just, for example, I was like, okay, if we want to have three kids, I'm going to have to start by this time because, <laughs> and then maybe freeze the last embryo just in case, like all the, you, you do have to like work backwards from your life goals. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she has every right to say like, if they she has every the- right to want what she wants. There's no, you can't like to feel how she feels and to want what she, what she wants. The, the trick or the key is in presenting it to your partner in a way that sounds that's easily digestible for them and doesn't make them feel like they're being attacked. Mm-hmm. So I think if there's like, it's totally okay to tell them and to feel your feelings and to feel how you feel. I would just be cognizant of the way you deliver it. And I think if you come to it from a vulnerable place, the person will like come right. to you and be happy to discuss it with you and talk it out with you. And that's a good partner and that's a good practice for like a sustainable marriage where you talk where you come to because it's not it's not going to end here you know you want to practice being able to talk to your partner about things that are important to you rational or irrational for sure and i think the outcome will be best she'll get a more firm answer on ideally she'll get a more firm answer on when he is going to ask her or it'll be like the movies where he just whips out a ring right then and there (laughs) yeah for i've been saving this for months and i was gonna wait for the perfect time but now that you're yelling at me it is the perfect time i don't know (laughs) i would be so mad if that's how i'd be like um no but you isn't that how he does it in like bride wars i think yes yes actually this is a bride's worth that is the scene that is the exact scene yeah it's a it's a good scene very entertaining all right well now to end this episode we're gonna mix it up a little and play splurge versus save jordana you know the rules we go through each one and we say if we think you should splurge on this or save and why which we love because it helps us save money we also have this segment as part of the betches brides newsletter called say yes to the betch so subscribe to that at betches.co slash brides newsletter to see it there they actually in the newsletter they do certain items like they'll find a really expensive dress from like revolver whatever and then find a dupe for it so it's really nice because we love a dupe to save newsletter such a good planning tool honestly everyone if you haven't subscribed yet subscribe right now while you're listening to this episode you'll get like the most helpful tips and it's just fun keeps it light it's a fun helpful newsletter brides.co slash brides newsletter mm-hmm. okay some splurge versus the 
first one is bridesmaid proposal gifts. What did you do for yours? <laughs> I feel like we talk about bridesmaid gifts on every episode, but honestly, it is such a big topic that we always get questions about. Oh, I don't, we should bring these back. I did the Will You Be My Bridesmaid Bitch mugs from Betches. Oh, cute. We had them in 2019. So they say, will you be my maid of honor? Will you be my bridesmaid, comma, bitch, question mark. <laughs> and so I did those and like little freebie stuff. I definitely didn't splurge because I got my discount through Betches. And then I got like little, I think I got like, I put in like stuff that I got in PR packages, like little lip glosses and things. Oh, we won't tell your bridesmaids that they were regifted. Yeah. Even though now they know if they're listening. No, but it was good. It was it was a little box with like a bunch of random stuff, like a nail That's polish, cute. eye masks, things like that, like a little spa box. That's really cute. I like eye masks. Yeah. I did a Sephora gift card. That's amazing. E- digital e-card. It was not very... I did, But they let you put like little pictures. They can choose the picture. So I uploaded like a picture of me and whoever it was into like the gift I mean, card digitally. I- Picture or no picture, which that is really cool. That's the best gift you could give. Thank. I figured everyone can find something at Sephora that they want to use. Yes. And yeah, it was. I'm not really a good DIY person, so <laughs> I I had to do that. I had to do a gift card. I couldn't. I'm. It's not very creative. But do I think splurge or safe? I also have had bridesmaids who have just told people that they want them to be bridesmaids. So I think that Same. if you do want to save there, it's fine. It's cute. To, I think it's cute and like nice to like get someone excited by giving them something. But. I agree. I would go like one of eight ways, literally. I would, (laughs) if I could go back in time, I would just take them out, the ones in my area. I would take them out for like a cute little breakfast or something, nothing too crazy, and ask them there. That's really, I like that. So that would be like an experience. Yeah. And then I would also maybe not even do any, like my sister-in-law did not give us anything. She just asked us like over text by like putting us in a group text, but then she paid for our hair and makeup, which was very much appreciated on the day of and got us nice pajamas. So I've heard of people doing that as more of the gift. I would almost just do something like very small and then save up and do the hair and makeup instead. Yeah, I like that idea. I think, yeah, I don't think that's the place to splurge necessarily. If you're on a budget, I would cut anything. Right. And I would just do like a fun FaceTime if you want to cut. So I guess save. save. And it's more of like the thoughtfulness. Like if you do make them something, if you're crafty, make them something thoughtful, but you don't have to splurge. Yeah. Okay. The next one, should you splurge or save on an added dance floor slash stage for the band? I don't know. I didn't have a band, but I think is that I feel like a lot of bands require them to have like something, right? I would figure out what the situation is at the venue. Like if there is some sort of raised platform, then obviously you don't need a stage. I will say that is one thing I asked my planner. I was like, do you think we need a stage? She was like, I don't think so. There's like an area at the venue where the band clearly goes. We didn't do a stage and it was still just as good. I was just like, I can't even look into buying a freaking stage for the night. But I will say like when people do it, 
I do like how it looks. I think a lot of times you put like flowers on the stage, it becomes like a moment. The band is more elevated, so you can watch them and see them better. So I would personally, because of my experience, I would say you can save, but like I see why people do st- stages. I like that. I think save. I think it's if there's somewhere yeah. for your band to play, save. And if there's literally, if they're not going to have anywhere to stand, then obviously you need to get it. But I would save if yeah. I could. And dance floor, a lot of people bring in a white dance floor. I've seen a lot of people bring it in because it goes in with the whole, goes with the whole, you know, theme. But if your venue already has one, please, you do not need a dance floor. It's the ground. Yes. Unless you're like loaded rich and you can bring it. I mean, a lot of people with big budget weddings bring in like, a nice dance floor with like their decal on it, like the couple's yeah. initials. I mean, we had to bring in a dance floor because we had ours on the beach. Yeah. So there was no real way around that, but it was fine. Wasn't that right? Bad. But if your venue ha- was like, oh, we have one, but it's like, yeah, brown. if it was inside, yeah, who yeah. cares? That's the thing. Like, our, my venue was like, we have one. You might want to bring in one if you want like a aesthetically pleasing one. And I was like, no, we're, we're just using yours. <laughs> right. So, okay. Sparklers or indoor fireworks with the band or DJ spend or save. You did this, right? Yes. Yeah. This one. Okay. I, again, biased. I say splurge and full transparency. My band actually expensive. So they threw those in the indoor fireworks at the last second for me. (laughs) You guys are going to come for me because you're going to be like, Nicole, you got them for free. They literally just like called me and they were like, you've been awesome to work with. You have a public platform. Let's throw in these cool indoor fireworks. And I was like, thank you. I was like, thank you so much. Yeah, they're the best. But I'm sure they cost a little bit extra. But I mean, they were really cool. They were really cool. It made it like a show. Yeah, I think if I mean, here's the thing, if I think if you're like, this is going to make it a little different than the other weddings I've been to, and I feel like it's exciting. And it's like, like you said, like that wow element, like I did that with the fire dancers at my wedding. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like if you can if you can afford it, like, right? Yeah. Why not? And if you don't have other wow elements, like we kept our ballroom very basic with decor, almost too basic if I look back in photos. But <laughs> I think it was it was like our one wow moment. So I think if you don't have a wow moment, look into the indoor fireworks because they're really cool. Make sure they're safe. Ours were, but just... Do you know how much they are? No. You know what, you guys? I'll look it up. I don't... I <laughs> Nicole will share that on the Instagram. I don't, I'm sure it varies by venue. But it probably varies, but but it's probably like an add on with the band. Like I know lighting to add on different lighting was like hundreds of dollars, for example. So I I would imagine slash assume it's equivalent to that, but it probably varies. But a lot of these band entertainment talent agency companies have all of that stuff like they have. I know my band company had like a photo booth you could add on through them or like different lighting things. So I would just talk to my dj had that too yeah um but yeah i think we solved weddings what do you think we solved them but this is sad i know but you know what it's not much is changing i'm gonna be back (laughs) um i'm gonna miss you guys this the the bride's community is really like a community unlike anyone else i love you guys i'll be back 
And Nicole is just going to like interview like the most helpful <laughs> vendors and guests and people who are planning their weddings and in the trenches. And, you know, we're still going to be here with you. It's going to be fun. We're going to bring on some of the fun Betch's employees, too, who are planning their weddings just to hear multiple different perspectives. Listeners will bring on you guys. The world is our oyster. Exactly. And we will be here with you throughout all of 22 or Nicole will and I'll be watching. (laughs) But should I give one final send off? I'm going to cry. Don't cry. Change is okay. Okay. Till death do us part, Nicole. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.